Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Tuesday, May the 2nd, 2023, the 11th of ER 5783, coming to you from Jerusalem, just outside the walls of the old city. Hope you are well, hope you are safe in your part of the world. Normally, I record my show on Monday under the weather yesterday, so I think you had the privilege of hearing the one and only Eve Harrow yesterday on Monday and her rejuvenation podcast. And literally right now, as I am recording this podcast, about 10 to 4 in the afternoon here on Tuesday from Jerusalem, rockets are being fired at southern Israel. Uh, I was going to talk about rockets which were fired earlier today, but rockets fired at southern Israel. Just literally right now going on my phone, getting reports here. Two rockets uh, falling in or near the town of Sterot, which has been under fire for... 20-plus years, rockets fired at other communities near Gaza. Looking at the map here, which indicates the Tseva Dome app, the Code Red app, which indicates where the rockets are falling, some rockets uh, falling to the uh, southeast of Gaza, others the northeastern uh, corridor there, just outside of Gaza, Sterot and neighboring communities. And why is this happening now? Well, I'll tell you why it's happening, because they don't want Jews in the land of Israel. The Arabs in Gaza, the terrorists, Hamas, and the other terror groups don't want Jews in the state of Israel. But the excuse this time around is the following. And JNS reported on this this morning, nearly three months after Israeli forces arrested a senior PIJ, Palestinian Islamic Jihad terrorist. Uh, the man died. His name is Khader Adnan. He went on a hunger strike, an 87-day hunger strike, and he died in prison. In other words, this terrorist was arrested, and he went on a hunger strike, essentially committed suicide. He refused to eat. He refused to undergo medical tests, receive medical treatment, and he was found dead at around 6, uh, let's see, at early, early this morning found dead. So this was reported in the press, and then starting at 6.30 this morning, sirens sounded in southern Israel here, reported by JNS. Three rockets launched. I don't know exactly how many rockets we're up to at this point now, about 10 hours later. 10, now it's about 7 minutes to 4 in the afternoon. Uh, the Iron Dome, busy this afternoon, intercepting these missiles. Um now I'm getting reports of somebody seriously hurt, unconfirmed reports of somebody seriously hurt in southern Israel as a result of the rocket strike. Perhaps by the end of this recorded podcast, we'll have more information, but just terrible to hear these initial reports. So in terms of this prisoner found dead, I mean, this is this is how this guy could have stayed alive. I mean, he's a monster, a terrorist. I mean, all he had to do was eat something for crying out loud. But no, he would rather have been a martyr in the eyes of his people. And who is to blame? Of course, Israel's to blame. Those anti-Israel haters out there because this terrorist prisoner wouldn't eat. So we blame Israel. It's damned if you do and damned if you don't. If you let this monster stay on the streets, he plans terror attacks. If you arrest him and he dies in jail on hunger strike... Uh, they fire rockets. But if you ask me, I'd rather take this monster off the street and thwart major terror attacks. Not that rockets are acceptable. And again, we're talking about somebody seriously hurt. 
or that threats of future attacks are acceptable, and that's what they do, and that's what they're doing as a result of his death. But current and concrete threats by terrorists must be dealt with. And that's what Israel did, arrest the bad guy before he could murder Jews. And I don't know his history. Maybe he's already attempted or has, in fact, murdered Jews. I don't know. And these evil people, the heads of the PA and the other terror groups, will use any excuse to incite towards more violence. And that's what's going on here. That's why they're blaming Israel for his death. Okay? That's what's going on. At the same time this morning, a miracle, nothing short of a miracle, an Israeli man lightly wounded by shattered glass on Tuesday morning when terrorists opened fire at vehicles near the community of Avnei Chefetz, that's in Samaria on the Shomron, the victim evacuated to a nearby hospital. A female driver who was also attacked treated uh, for shock. According to a report here by JNS, the terrorist exited the car. This is a PA vehicle, PA license plates, began firing at oncoming traffic before returning to his vehicle and driving away. IDF forces on a manhunt for the perpetrators. So more Arab terrorists with guns running around in Judea and Samaria shooting at civilians. And I know, let's not be mistaken here, I know the brave men and women of the IDF are out there 24-7, and they thwart so many attacks. But this has to stop. Our leaders have to create more of a deterrence so these attacks do not continue. Not acceptable. There has to be a reason for these terrorists to think twice before they leave their homes in the morning and try to murder Jews. Enough is enough is enough. Okay? It's got to stop, folks. It's been going on for many, many years. Whether it's rocks or guns, shootings, whatever it is, it has to stop. And I'm now I'm just, as I'm recording here, I'm seeing the images from southern Israel of a rocket embedded in a sidewalk and reports from the first response uh, organizations. According to United Hatzalah, a mother and her two children suffered from emotional shock treated by the psychotrauma crisis response unit from Hatzalah. That's one report. Other reports coming in. Again, one report indicating that somebody was seriously wounded and we'll have to wait for confirmation. According to Hatzalah, Judea and Samaria, Hatzalah are rescuers without borders. That's their official name. Um, one person seriously wounded. A 25-year-old was wounded when a rocket struck a building site in the town of Sterot. And I'm just reading this as we are recording here. So this is breaking news, new information. And we'll have to see what his condition is. If I have more updates by the end of this podcast, I will certainly report on them. Switching gears here, U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy Republican from California, on Monday became the second ever holder of his post to address the full Israeli Knesset, following in the footsteps of Newt Gingrich, who spoke to the Knesset in 1998. Earlier in the day, McCarthy visited the Yad Vashem Holocaust Memorial, laid a wreath in honor and memory of the six million Jews exterminated by the Nazis and their collaborators during World War II. He also met with Prime Minister Netanyahu. The two spoke one-on-one, -on -one, then held an expanded meeting as part of a working lunch with a bipartisan U.S. congressional delegation. 
McCarthy said Israel is the only democracy in the Middle East. There's only two countries in the world that were conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all people are equal. This is what uh, the speaker said, the House speaker. He added, as we continue to grow, I think the world will be safer, be stronger, and our children will have a much more beautiful world in the future. The world is a, is a better place when America and Israel are tighter. Now, the Jerusalem Post added the following. McCarthy also underscored that the U.S.-Israel dialogue did not end with his visit, but would continue with an expected address by President Isaac Herzog to a joint congressional session this spring or summer. He was blunt about his willingness to continue the dialogue with Prime Minister Netanyahu, noting that he would be happy to join him in Washington for a bipartisan conversation. Okay, now, why is this newsworthy? We know that the Biden administration right now essentially has made our Prime Minister Netanyahu persona non grata. Going back to JNS here, U.S. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters on Monday that no visit is currently planned for Netanyahu to come to the White House. He, these are, uh, he's repeating comments from March. While Israeli leaders have a long tradition of visiting Washington, President Biden and Prime Minister Netanyahu have known each other for a long time. I expect the Prime Minister will visit at some point, said Kirby, but he did not say Prime Minister Netanyahu will be invited to the White House. The snub of Netanyahu continues by the Biden administration. The excuse, the excuse here is the judicial reform issue. That is the same excuse as all those who protest who are really doing so because they want Netanyahu out of power and won't accept Israel's election results from November. We have a right-wing government, folks. We have the mandates. Okay? It really seems that... It really seems like there are these back channels between the Biden and Biden administration and anti-Netanyahu or anti-right-wing protesters. And I've discussed this earlier. In, in, in previous uh, podcasts. And I think one day everything will be revealed, but how much damage to Israel and Israel's security will be done in the process. We're spending so much time on this issue, this so-called judicial reform, as Iran sits back and gets ready to go nuclear. And I have to trust that our government, even on its own, will take care of business. There's no other way. If, if Israel must go at it alone, so be it. But failure here is not an option. And that's the most important issue here. Iran is the top issue, not judicial reform, not the 17 weeks of protests. Okay, by the way, I went to the pro-judicial uh, reform uh, march or protest or demonstration or rally or gathering, whatever you want to call it, last week. And I'll talk about that in a few minutes. Because we're talking here about the Biden administration snubbing Netanyahu and actually wanted to open, by the way, according to my sources here, over 20 rockets fired at Southern Israel and counting. I just wanted to update you on that. Talking about Biden, the snubbing of Netanyahu, the Jerusalem Post reported there was a video leaked of Justice Minister Yariv Levin accusing the Biden administration of aiding Israeli protesters against the coalition judicial reform plan. According to this video, Levin said Washington is working in cooperation with them on this 
as you can see from the things said by the people in the government there. Uh, Minister Yariv Levin told Haredi political operatives in a video, which was first published by Walla News on Monday. Levin said, there is no doubt that we are at a true incomprehensible disadvantage in promoting the reforms. He is, you know, he's the one behind the reforms. He is the justice minister. He said, quote, they have the courts, the attorney general, he's talking about the protesters here, the anti-reform protesters, all the heads of the economy, the U.S. government. He mentions he singles out the U.S. government, total control of journalism, of the websites. And he mentions several websites here. The report goes on to say U.S. President Biden has repeatedly expressed concerns when asked about Jerusalem's, Jerusalem's judicial reform plan. Biden said, if you remember, they cannot continue down this road. Even after Prime Minister Netanyahu put the process on the reform on hold. Asked if he would, if he would invite Netanyahu, we talked about this, to the White House. Biden said no, implying that his opposition to the reform is behind his continued refusal to invite the Prime Minister. And here, I think this is the kicker. I think this is the most important thing here. The State Department has given over $38,000, reported here, since 2020 to the Movement for Quality Government, one of the leading groups who are protesting against Netanyahu and who have been doing so in recent years, including the current protests against the, or in the name of opposition to judicial reform. It's really just anti-Netanyahu protests. The Washington Free Beacon quoting the State Department saying that this money, 38000 was given to the Movement for Quality Government. Okay, they're saying the group is nonpartisan. The funding was focused on teaching civic education, supporting good governance. Those are the claims made. Okay. By the State Department, that is their rationale for supporting this movement. Yet, however, these sources say that the money is being used to fund and finance those opposing judicial reform. Justice Minister Levine said he had no doubt that even if we would have had a perfect campaign explaining the reform, there is no chance we, we would have reached a different situation. The other side has an arsenal of amazing tools whose power was exposed. In this event, like never before, it is incredibly well-funded. This event referring to the funding in his, based on his sources here, funding from the U.S. government. So in addition to the media and all the other factors, all of those who are against Netanyahu, against the right wing, against the judicial reform, if you want to say that, he basically said, again, you know, we have very limited resources and very limited chance to push what we want to do forward, even though we want an election, because the other side has the deck stacked against us. Again, until now, we have had unnamed senior officials who have claimed that the Biden administration was directly supporting anti-reform protests, unnamed. And now we have an Israeli government minister who's claiming that that's the case. And there's a big difference, by the way, between private donors supporting demonstrations and let's take the case of last Thursday. I mentioned it, the mega pro-reform demonstration in Jerusalem, which I actually attended. And I'll admit, I hate crowds. I did not get close to the front, but it was extremely impressive. Some say as many as 600,000 Israelis from all over the country were there. 
depends which news source you're relying on. Some publications downplayed the numbers, which is expected. Originally, I saw somebody report 80,000. I've seen numbers like 200,000, 250,000, all the way up to 600,000. And some, of course, actually said tens of thousands instead of hundreds of thousands downplaying this mega rally, something like I've never seen before. But the point is, whether it was President Clinton supporting, I believe it was Ahud Barak against Netanyahu back in, I think it was 96, or Obama supporting Herzog in 2015, also against Netanyahu, we have seen Democratic presidents meddle before in internal Israeli politics and internal Israeli issues. And now you have the Biden administration meddling in an internal Israeli issue again. And according to this report, funded by the State Department, these anti-government rallies, and this is absolutely despicable. Despicable, excuse me, despicable, if that is the case. But that is now what our senior government officials, ministers, are saying for the record, on the record, that the State Department is behind these protests, anti-Netanyahu protests. Don't just call them anti-judicial reform. Call them anti-right-wing, anti-Netanyahu protests because that's what they are. Moving on here, Jerusalem Post. The European Union, according to the EU, they will make sure it is not funding Palestinian, I don't use that word, PA, Arab textbooks, that incite against Israel. European Commissioner for Neighborhood and Enlargement, Oliver Varhelyi, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, told Foreign Minister Eli Cohen in Brussels today, this morning, Israel does not oppose aid to the Palestinian Authority, Cohen said, our Foreign Minister, but we will not allow a situation in which those funds indirectly fund terrorism or incitement against Israel. European Union official here, I, again, I'm probably butchering his name, Varhelyi, V-A-R, it's got one of those things above the A, H-E-L-Y-I, also promised the EU will fund additional research. Oh, thank God. They will fund additional research on incitement and anti-Semitism in PA textbooks, following a previous paper on the topic from, 19, from 2019, Cohen's office said. So this was a statement from Ellie Cohen's office, our foreign minister, saying the European Union is all over it. They're going to do research on the textbooks from the Palestinian Authority. Let me ask you a question. Why is this so difficult? What's with this research? It's simple. You find somebody who speaks Arabic. I'm talking to the European Union now. If anyone in the EU is listening, this is what you do. Find a speaker, an Arabic speaker, okay? Pick up a book from the Palestinian Authority school system. Get a book. Find an Arabic speaker, put the two together, and have him read the book. I must be some sort of genius at research, right? Pick up the book. Somebody who speaks Arabic can find a book, pick up the book, and see, does it incite to violence or not? What research? I don't understand. What research do you need here? Do you need a team and a budget? Do you have to put together a budget for all this? Pick up the book and read it. I don't read Arabic. I'm embarrassed to say I don't read Arabic. Everyone should learn Arabic. It's so simple. What has to happen here for the European Union to see whether or not 
And I would say 100% with certainty that the books which come out of the PA and UNRWA incite to violence. The next generation of Arab kids living under the PA are learning that Israel is the devil. Their goal in life should be to be a jihad, die for the cause, martyrdom, all this. Israel is evil. Israelis are evil. Jews are terrible. All this is being taught. There's no doubt about it. And the EU is not sure. They have to do research. They have to put together budgets. They already released a study on it. They promised they won't fund this type of hate education, yet they keep doing it. My second issue is why is Cohen, our foreign minister, talking about supporting aid to the PA? And I'll read the quote again. He said, Israel does not oppose aid to the Palestinian Authority. He should have said, this is what he should have said to his EU counterparts, okay? He, he should have said, maybe it's not diplomatic. He should have said, we know the EU nations illegally fund PA projects, including building projects, and are assisting in illegally taking over land in Area C. He should have taken the EU to task on this. Maybe it wasn't the subject. Maybe it wasn't appropriate. I don't know. Why be PC about it? Call it like it is. This was his chance to call out the EU for being part of this lawlessness, and he failed to do so, unless I don't know about it, okay? It's not in this report. And again, as I said, of course, the books incite the terror and violence. Same with the UNRWA books. It doesn't take a research team to figure this out. The EU, European Union, has been looking the other way for years and years. Enough is enough, and Israel needs to be stronger on this issue of incitement. The next generation of Arab kids, people ask me all the time, will there be peace here? And I say, as long as the, as long as, sorry, the, well, it's the European Union funding, as long as the PA continue to teach their kids and brainwash their kids that the only good Jew is a dead Jew, and this is what they teach their kids, as long as that is the reality, there will not be peace here. Sorry. Sorry. That's just, just the way it is, folks. You don't even have to listen to the hate and incitement from the top, from the Palestinian Authority from Hamas, of course, from PIJ, all the other terror groups. You don't even have to listen to what the leaders are saying. Go look and see what the kids are learning in the schools. That's how you tell if there will be peace here. And the answer is no. Not as long as this hatred is being spewed and these kids are picking it up from their, mother, from their mother's milk. No peace. Sorry. Sorry to be pessimistic. That has to change. Um, just want to see if there are any other updates here before I get to some positive news. Let me check right now on my phone. United Hatsala ambulance team in Sterot transporting a man in his 70s to the hospital after he sustained a head contusion while running for shelter due to the alert sirens. Uh, the alert sirens, let's be clear. The man is in light condition, but we still have... Um, we still have the report of somebody seriously hurt. I'm trying to quickly follow up on that to see if that's the case. Here's a report from Mada. Um, according to Magenda Vida Dome, they're providing aid, first response medical care to three injured. Yes, one in serious condition, two lightly injured. 26 rockets have been fired today. 26 rockets from Gaza directed towards Israelis, uh, innocent women and children. It's a double war crime, folks. When you fire rockets uh, while embedded in your own population centers at 
Israeli population centers. That is a double war crime. And the world is silent. Everything just goes on as normal. And Israel will be called on to use, uh, not to use excessive force in its response. That's what the world is focused on. Let's end with something positive here as we get more updates on the rockets. This is from Israel 21C. Great website. When Israel's pro cycling team, Israel Premier Tech, competed for the first time in the Tour de Rwanda, a few years ago, they discovered a women's cycling team in a town or a district called Bugesera, an eastern district that lacked proper cycling infrastructure. So, who came in? Uh, philanthropist Sylvan Adams, who I've had the privilege of interviewing before. Um, and his Racing for Change initiative the team recruited support from Israeli donors and more than 1,000 fans worldwide, and they built in Rwanda a 60-acre Field of Dreams cycling center featuring a 1.2-kilometer racetrack. Okay, that's what Israel did in Rwanda, the first bike center of its kind in the country and one of the first of its kind on the entire continent of Africa, the Field of Dreams. In biking, that is what the mayor of this district, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, Bugasera said. That's what he called it, a biking field of dreams put together by Israel, Israeli donors and others, but the project was the initiative of Israel Premier Tech and Racing for Change, the Racing for Change initiative uh, with Sylvan Adams running the show. Just amazing for the people of Rwanda. And that's what Israel does. Israel goes out and improves the lives of people all over the world and in Africa and Africa and other continents and other countries throughout the world. So if you're an anti-Israel, BDS hater, do not utilize this 1.2 kilometer racetrack and a pump track which I don't understand what it means. And I actually am a biker. I don't know what a pump track is, but there's a pump track there as well. If anybody knows, maybe you can send me an email, josh at the land of Israel.com and explain what that means to me. But here you have Israel going out, improving the world. Each and every week we find these stories. It's no coincidence. This is who we are. This is what we do. And if you hate Israel, if you're a BDS hater, don't take advantage of any of this technology. Stay strong. You do not want to be known as a hypocrite. And we'll end with that. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Let's pray for quiet in southern Israel and throughout the country as more updates keep coming in from uh, Magen David Adom and Hatzalah. And the here I have uh, another update here. Uh, the Gears organization, which I am a, a, part, a proud member of, which helps children with PTSD and all sorts of issues. Uh, two of their groups were in Sterot riding their bikes. This is also bike riding. And they had to ride to shelter, these little kids. And I'm watching the video now of kids having to ride their bikes to shelter and get indoors as a result of the rockets being fired. Rockets are being fired at children. What are you going to say about it? If you're listening to this podcast, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to write to your elected official? Are you going to make some calls? Are you going to condemn the terrorists and not Israel who responds to terrorism? 
black and white, folks. It's a black and white issue. And we'll end on that. Thank you to Ben Bresky, engineer extraordinaire, Tabitha Epstein, for everything that she does behind the scenes. Get in touch with me during the week, Josh at thelandofisrael.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, as I'm watching Jewish children. Sad. I hate to finish on, maybe I should just finish on the biking in Rwanda. Jewish kids here in southern Israel having to run for shelter or bike towards the shelter as a result of terrorist rockets. Please, God, we'll have a quiet week, everyone out there. Wishing you all the best from Jerusalem, the internal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Have a safe and quiet week, everybody. Shalom, shalom. All the best. The question is, why are the Jews there in the first place? The Jewish people have been yearning to return to their ancient homeland for a long time. The Yishai Fleischer Show, the voice of a new generation of pro-Israel activists. And there's only two kinds of minorities in the Middle East, armed or unarmed. Inspiring minds to think differently. That jihadism doesn't just attack Jews. It attacks Christians, and it mostly attacks Muslims. Inspiration, spirituality, and politics. So first and foremost, this country is here to defend Jewish people and to live in its ancestral homeland. Listen to the Yishai Fleischer Show every week on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.